0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the MacGyver After Show. We're going to be breaking down Episode Three Owl, and we'll find out why you never, ever wear tidy whities, especially in a house that's mainly with glass around it. Let's do it. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hey, look at that, the familiar sounds of the 80s MacGyver leading us into the 2016 version of MacGyver here on AfterBuzz TV. Welcome everybody to the MacGyver After Show. I'm your host Frank Moran, you can follow me on Twitter at HappyGoJackie. I'm flying solo again tonight, my co-host Mike Kalinowski is on a summit as we like to say, he's off somewhere internationally. Maybe forging some kind of uh, escape device out of you know whatever he sees around him, improvising as MacGyver likes to do. So I'll be taking you through this episode as we break it down, but. You can like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and we can have the chat. Jonathan, who's in the engineering booth there, is going to pull up the chat. So if you have any thoughts about MacGyver, uh, whether, you know, just the impressions on the character itself, anything about the series or this particular episode, feel free to throw it up in the chat. And uh, we'll have a chance to have a little back and forth as I break down this episode. So without further ado, we'll jump right into the episode. And we start with a nice little action scene there. We're over in Somalia and we have Jack and MacGyver. They're running through a building that MacGyver set on fire for them as part of his elaborate escape plot. As usual, a Mac was just kind of improvising. Uh, but it's a nice, out-of-control raging bil- uh, fire inside that building. And so they're trying to make their way out to a stairwell for them to escape. But they were able to get the intel out to, uh, to Peyton. So she's able to order an airstrike on the weapons manufacturing plant over there in Somalia. So they take care of that uh so mission accomplished all mcgovern and jack need to do is just get out of the building and they are going to be fine so as they make way to the stairwell uh sadly the fire ends up uh, blowing up part of that stairwell and it collapses it so now they have no way to get out and the fire is really raging out of control riley's able to find uh the schematics on there she's able, she's able to find another window that's about 50 feet away from them but they're not going to like it because they're probably about, I'm going to guess, about 15 stories above the ground. So they're figuring, how do you get out when there's nothing underneath you except just cold, hard concrete? How do you get out of a burning building when you're 15 stories up? What can you do? Mac looks around, as always, improvising. And uh, he finds some body bags as well as some fire, fire extinguishers. So what he does is he kind of makes some ready-made airbags, which are really cool. Uh <laughs> that uh and they they make a little jump right out of there i love this scene because it's really cool what do you do when you have to improvise an airbag so i it's one of those things that do you want to try because it seems like it's impossible you get a body bag you get some uh you get a fire extinguisher you make sure you create a nice seal uh you wrap it around you and then you jump backwards fall down and as you get close to the ground you turn on the fire extinguisher it fills up the body bag there with foam and then hopefully everything works well, and you land safely. Which uh, sounds like a really that sounds like a cool thing to try. I'd be willing to give it a shot. I think, uh, but I don't know if I'd want to jump 15 stories. You know, give me <laughs> give me 15 feet. I'll try that first, and then if it works, maybe I'll progress slowly but surely up to 15 feet. Uh, so we got, uh, oh, uh, Boo69Bees. Nice. Hey, how you doing, bud? Uh, yeah, walking around in your underwear when you live in a glass house is not smart. It would have been worse if you decided to walk around naked. That's true, uh, but probably not the type of show we'd see on CBS. Uh... Yeah, but uh, we'll Booby, you disagree using body bags and a fire extinguisher to make an airbag? Doesn't seem like it'll work in real life. Well, maybe not, but uh, we can get together. We can give it a shot. We'll give it a try. <laughs> See what happens. As I said, we'll start. We'll start small, fifteen feet. See how it works. And if it, if we if we do well, well, we'll increase the number. Uh, so they're able to get out of there. And uh, I do like that Jack has sort of a bucket list that he wants to accomplish in life they i you know it's hang out with uh uh, putin he wants to be able to uh, do a variety of different things uh but luckily as he survives the jump out of the building uh he feels like he can cross pooping his pants off the bucket list so i don't know if that'd be on my bucket list but uh, hey to each their own so we uh cut back macgyver back in la after he's uh finished in war-torn somalia there and this again Oh, man, this is becoming my least favorite part of the series so far is going to McGaver's house in, in Los Angeles and uh, hanging out with his roommate who's still in the midst of trying to put together his film that he's been making. I'm hoping that this is not going to be a long uh, running runner throughout the season, because if so, it's going to be painful to watch. But basically, the script has changed. So instead of MacGyver playing a general like last episode, he's also going to be playing an alien. So as he comes back home, uh, Bozer ends up putting some ping pong balls on his face, uh, hopefully to be able to alter his image and use CGI to create the alien look. But before they can start filming, uh, Mac gets a call from the think tank and he's got to uh, head back in. Uh, Again, man, it just I don't. I don't know the. I don't see the need for these scenes at all. They don't really bring anything to the plot. And they're so inconsequential that I, I, I just don't see what what this brings to the show. Unless, you know, as we've talked about many times, that this is going to kind of go long running and uh, Bowser's going to get folded in. But right now, I don't see anything that, fo- that that Bowser brings to the story that even having him folded in and learning what Mag really does in the Phoenix Foundation's work, that I'd want to see him involved in it. Unless, I guess, you know, what maybe to work, make uh, training films. Uh, that's what, the, I suppose, there's job going to be for, for the Phoenix Foundation. He's, he makes training and orientation films for to use all his filmmaking skills. Uh, but then we have a nice little scene here with uh, Mac visiting Jack, who happens to be talking to his dad's gravesite. Uh, as Mac says, Jack likes to do this anytime they're in some truly life-threatening situations and they survive. Jack likes to come over here to the cemetery and touch base with his dad. And have a nice little, nice little chat there. I, I do like this dynamic uh, between Jack and Mac, and then Jack's dad. Uh, you certainly seem that you learn a little bit more about their life, and you learn that certainly Jack and his dad uh, maybe a little bit estranged, or at least had some kind of family issues between the two of them. But the great thing is that uh, Jack and his dad were able to settle anything that they had, and really kind of enjoy the remaining days that they had together. Especially uh, what happened when we found out that uh, Jack was able to get uh, get home safely. Uh, to see his dad before he passed away. Now, Jack then brings up to, to Mac, like, hey, you know, this is something maybe you should think about reaching out to your dad as well because you never know how long you have. And, you know, I would tr- he Jack would give anything to make sure that he had another day with his dad. So Mac having a chance to reach out to a father that's still living, uh, you know, he's really giving Mac something to think about. Anyway, uh, so, all right, Boo69Bs. This episode makes me wonder where MacGyver's dad is exactly because I thought he was dead. Where do you think he is? I don't know. I have a feeling, he, if anything, I think it's got to loop into a, a larger mythology they're going to create for the show. It seems like maybe he has something to do with uh, Nina or uh, perhaps tang- tang- Tangentially, uh, uh, or I mean Nikki. So, uh, maybe something like that. I think maybe to bring him into the larger scheme because i think like if it's just like one episode where he kind of writes reach out reaches out to his dad or as he writes a letter to him and then it gets a response and then they reconcile i don't know i feel like this is a show that's small small or large is going to attach people to some sort of mythology to the show well, i'm curious to see what direction they go with that uh but uh so now though we find out there. are uh Back at the Phoenix Foundation, and uh, Peyton's given their next assignment there. Uh, they find out that five federal buildings have been attacked, killing 28 people and wounding hundred, uh, hundreds. And explosives analysis links us to Division 77, otherwise known as D-77. Even Riley's heard about this group while she was in prison, and this is a really... Uh, strong terrorist organization that's basically insurgents and extremists who have traded uh, politics for cold, hard cash. They're extremely careful, use a lot of layers of deception and, and um, uh, false identities, as well as short shell corporations to be able to get all this fu- money funneled where they needed to go. Now, who's responsible for funneling all this money? Well, say, as Peyton calls it, hedge fund golden boy, uh, Ralph Estrati. He's behind all of this, the shell corpse. Now, he's hiding out in Malaysia because he's he flew uh, fled the U.S. back in 2015 for over 561 counts of security fraud. And so he's the one that's managing D77's financials. So the idea is if we can get Ralph, extract him, learn all the information that he has, perhaps they can close down D77. So... Uh, That is their initial plan. Now, they know that he's in Malaysia. So, as I said at the beginning of the episode, when they go track him down there, they find out that Ralph is uh, basically living it up in this sweet house, lots and lots and lots and lots of windows. And we meet Ralph, just talking to one of his friends, doing a lot of, you know, talking stuff up, being a little smack talk in there. But he's doing it all in tidy whities And that's it. And, man, not at all an attractive way to meet this character. It, man, it's still not a not a look. You know, I just whew, it's tough to think people who really want to embrace the, the tidy whitey look. In twenty sixteen, not not my not my favorite. You know, box of briefs? Come on, how can you go wrong with that? It still looks good. I feel like if you can't if you look ridiculous just in your underwear, then that's not good. It's not it's not good underwear. You know, you gotta be able to look cool just even wearing underwear. And tidy whiteys, man, there's just no way you can ever look cool rocking Tidy Whitey's by itself. Just ridiculous. So that's just my, my, my little fashion tip for you folks. Stay away from the Tidy Whitey's, guys. Do yourself a favor. Just do the boxer briefs. Boxer's fine too, but, you know, boxer briefs, how can you go wrong? That is the best of both worlds right there. So they realize that there is an alarm system in their state of the art, though, but it's uh, connected to a Wi-Fi network. So what Mac does is that if he takes a soda can, uses some Wi-Fi chips, he's able to direct a signal that's got to disrupt the Wi-Fi network inside of Ralph's house inside of ralph's house triggers the alarm and since they can see inside that house so easily when ralph goes to reset the alarm they'll see the code that he punches in and voila they have his code and they're easily able to break into the house so they trigger it trigger the alarm ralph puts ralph puts in a security code they have that information, and so then when Ralph goes to sleep, because he's still, even though he's in Malaysia, is still staying up with the American stock market there. So he sleeps uh, at different hours of the day there than traditionally. He sleeps mostly during the day instead of the night. And they they sneak into his house uh, and look around, and they get they <laughs> get Ralph. Uh, Ralph tries to make a run for it, and Jack gets to punch him in the face. To which then we see that uh, Jack is really irritated because you know he's basically Mac is stealing Jack's thunder because. Yeah, Riley's got the computer stuff. Mac takes care of everything else. Jack's job is to you know use his fists. And if Mac's going to be starting encroaching on his territory, what's going on with Jack got to do? So he's a little bummed that Mac is trying to horn in on his action. All right, uh, Boo69MB's. Living in a glass house when someone is coming to kill you, there's not a lot of places to hide absolutely and ralph is such a douche even though, yeah yes he man they just made him just so unlikable but i have the feeling though that they made him so unlikable and so repellent they give him a little bit of like a, a like the super um, slightest amount of softening and i have a feeling this is a character that we're gonna see come up i'll get a little bit more of that later in the episode but i think this is not the last we have seen of ralph he's sadly gonna darken our doorstep at least I'm going to predict at least one more time this season, if not more. But I'm jumping the gun on my predictions. got to save those at the end. In the meanwhile, though, they uh, they get Ralph uh, after they, they get him dressed and they take him out of the house. They say, hey, we need you to go and kind of, uh, turn Intel here on D77. Ralph's kind of hemming and hawing a little bit. And then all of a sudden, a shot rings out. Ralph gets hit in the chest area. We find out that D-77 has a sniper sitting across the way that's just keeping an eye on Ralph's house. I don't necessarily think they're trying to kill Ralph, but they were just keeping an eye on in case anybody went to get Ralph. So they start firing there. Uh, Riley is still back in their vehicle, so she's far away. And they know that uh, Jack Mack can't get Ralph to Riley. So knowing that Ralph needs medical attention, they send Riley to go get a doctor and meet them somewhere else. They can't make it to a hospital. So Riley takes off to locate a doctor, and Mac and Jack grab Ra- uh, uh, Ralph's car, his truck, uh, break into that, and then flee the scene right there. On pers- In pursuit, though, are D-77. They're basically firing as they're cruising down Malaysian roads. So glad to see that uh, D-77 does not care about making a big scene whatsoever. They're going to fire in heavy traffic, so no problem there. But how do you try to... Uh, Save a man who's got a hole in his lung, and he's having a tough time bleeding. He's basically just drowning his own blood uh, to help kind of uh, prevent him from uh, to help him breathe, because since he has a hole in his lung. Mac takes uh, uh, Jack's driver's license there, uh, a little uh, little. Uh, so I, I, it looks like it looked like some kind of tape or some sealant from uh, the interior paneling of the passenger side uh, door, and is able to tape kind of make a little vent over ralph's hole in his chest there to be able to keep the air from leaking out so that ralph can still breathe so basically just kind of uh delays the problem doesn't solve it entirely though because he still has a bullet in his chest and blood is still leaking into his chest so but uh what are they do when they have all the d77 pursuing them though they need to be able to lose them uh Matt gets an idea. He takes the headrest of the car that he's in, of the truck, slices it open, and then just grabs some papers and stuff from the glove compartment, stuffs it full uh, inside the uh, as he slices open the headrest, stuffs it inside there. And because the headrest is made of uh, fire resistant material, you can light what's inside the cut all the paper that he's placed inside the headrest, and that'll start smoking without burning up the rest of the headrest. Headrest. So what Mac does is he starts basically making a giant smoke screen, kind of leaning outside the car, letting all the smoke kind of blow behind them, kind of blurring, uh, making it difficult for the D-77 pursuers to see them. And Jack thinks, like, well, this is not a great idea because basically all they have to do is just keep following that stream of smoke and they're still going to be able to follow us wherever they go. Mac, though, says, well, once we get things smoky enough and we can pass by another vehicle, which they do when they have a a truck with an open back, he tosses the smoke screen, uh, the headrest and the smoke screen, into the, the the truck as they're driving by it, so they're able then to kind of confuse the pursuers there and get a little momentary uh, reprieve from their pursuit. So uh, they because the uh, D seventy seven people are going to follow the truck with the smoke screen still pouring out of it, and Mac and Jack are able to use that kind of temporary delay while they can't see them uh, because of the smoke screen to make a turn away off the road and get away from the pursuers. So they get a little bit of a breather, and uh, in the meantime, though, Riley is looking for. A doctor, and he's able to track down what she thinks is the uh, the best uh, the best doctor on the island, who happens to be at a golf course in the mat. And uh, so she's trying to find him. Up oh, B sixty, B sixty nine. Do you think what Mac did to keep Ralph breathing would actually work in real life? <laughs> uh yeah, I, I have to, I I, I got to think that the people that are working on the show at least could find some scientific plausibility about this stuff. I I don't think it's something that I'd want to try in real life, but I feel like they they would talk to a a consultant, somebody in the medical profession, a doctor, and say, like, you know, if we had to jury-rig something in the field real quick, what would be, out of just like the materials you might see around you, something that we could do that could help somebody that has a hole in their chest and a punctured lung be able to breathe at least temporarily for a while. So... Uh, I gotta feel like it would work, but again, you know, like I was saying, I don't know if I want to try it myself. You, uh, I would try jumping out of that building with a body bag and a fire extinguisher as in to, to make a, an airbag before I would try, uh, trying to cover a punctured lung with a driver's license and tape there. So, uh, Yeah. <laughs> I, although i don't know what i'm gonna do get somebody to puncture my lung man i want to try this out somebody puncture my lung real quick so i can try it see if this driver's license thing works but so far uh i'm going with air uh, body bag fire extinguisher make your own airbag that that right there i i see something possible in that so while raleigh goes to the golf course finds that doctor that can help them uh, the problem is that that doctor does not speak English, so already they're like, "Well, how do we make this happen?" So we've got to get a translation system in place so that we can he- understand what the doctor's saying, so that we can actually do something for Ralph. So uh, Matt and Jack they pull into a parking garage. And Ralph is not doing so well. He basically passes out. And they were like, oh, man, he's filling it with blood. We've got to do a surgery right now. They know, uh, as Riley says, you don't have time to get to a hospital. The doctor says you're not going to make it. So you've got to do the surgery right now. And Riley is going to help translate what the doctor is saying so that Mac and Jack can do what's needed to be able to keep Ralph alive. So they pull him back into the uh, the trunk. They get all the the the, the hand sanitizer that uh, Ralph has in the trunk. The, the glove compartment of his truck. They basically sterilize as best they can the whole back of Ralph's truck. Lay him down and then using the uh, the car jack, they make a uh, which is really cool. They make a rib splitter in there. And then using the the tube because they, you don't know, have to suck the blood out rather than somebody like trying to suck it out using their mouth. Mac knows that the 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 tube that provides the window washer fluid for vehicle uh, can also it's probably one of the strongest suctioning devices there. In a car, so it should be strong enough to suck any of the blood out in Ralph's lungs to be able to keep him breathing and alive. Uh, there we go. Uh, Boo sixty nine. There, let's see. Uh, do you think what? Uh, it was funny how Ralph was complaining about Jack's taste in music when Jack put on country music on the radio. Uh, Boo, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, argue with Ralph right there. Not a huge fan of the country music, so even. Even if somebody was trying to save my life and I needed them to get me to a hospital, at least somewhere quiet so they can perform a life su- life-saving uh, surgery on me, even in the field, I would still, still ask that they do not play country music. Even though you're doing me the biggest solid ever, just anything else, please, I'll listen to talk radio or whatever, just not country music. That's not what, eh, I don't want to be, you know, am I, what could possibly be my final moments on earth. I don't want to go out listening to country music, just no way, that's too depressing. Oof. So I'm with Ralph on that. No country music in my vehicle. Come on. Uh, so what's nice is that they're able to uh, they're able to perform that kind of in the field surgery, the battle surgery there, and able to keep Ralph alive. And uh, but they also know like, hey, these guys are not going to stop. We the biggest way the way that we can kind of hopefully get them off the scent of pursuing Ralph constantly is we've got to make them think that Ralph really died from this wound. So the idea they're going to fake ralph's death so they're going to fill him up with beta blockers which will uh, give him death like symptoms stop his heartbeat uh make him look like that he's dead and so that when all the people from d77 see him and all the public gathered around that he's dead they will then realize well looks like our job is done Ralph's silenced he's, he can't give them any of the information about our organization mission accomplished we'll just go back and we'll find somebody else that can do our hedge fund money laundering for us So they, uh, Ralph is a little, you know, is this this really going to work? Because the idea is that you're going to give me these beta blockers. My heart's going to stop. I'm going to be laying there in the streets there in Malaysia somewhere. D-77 is going to see me, think I'm dead, leave me. And then you're going to come by and give me a shot that's going to restart my heart. Uh, Certainly, uh, you're definitely going out on the trust tree for somebody when they say that that's what they want to do for you uh but i mean at this point what are ralph's choices are i mean this he knows how dangerous this organization is and so certainly if they're pursuing him they know he knows that they're not going to stop until he is dead so if you want to try to get out of this why not at least you have the option right now of a slim slight possibility of survival by faking your own death and then having mac bring you back to life after the close is clear so ralph goes for uh uh, there you go Uh, well mission accomplished uh, you think Raleigh would find a doctor who speaks English? It would have made things easier. Well, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, oh, any, uh, uh, self, uh, self, O-N-K? Ralph reminded me of Jonah Hill. He did. He had that kind of like the the poor man's Jonah Hill. But actually, I think he was in, uh, oh, gosh, he was in a uh, film there for, uh, where they had, gosh, it was three dudes. They had a huge party and, uh, their house, uh, the house gets trashed. I can't remember the name of that house, but he was, I believe he was the guy in that film really annoying even then and uh still i feel like he's typecast himself into being like that annoying kind of character role uh yeah mission accomplished ralph did look dead uh basically ralph uh gets those beta blockers heads out into the streets of malaysia there collapses there looks like he's dead the surrounding public there as well as some of the members from d77 come and they see him and all the public going around oh, my gosh he's dead he's not breathing what are we gonna do so we cut the commercial, and when we come back, we see that the the, the police and everybody, they are you know, basically doing all the crime scene pick up there. They're cleaning up. They're taking Ralph's body. They're going to put it into an ambulance. And uh, Mac and Jack, they're basically just sitting there waiting until they get the cue so they can come and pick up the car, they can pick up the, the body, and then give them the injection, get Ralph back to life, and then hightail it out of Malaysia. But before they can get to the body, uh, they see that the D-77, though, they've come back and they've decided to take the body with them. They want to be able to show proof of death to the rest of the people in the organization and let them know, yes, indeed, the job has been done. So now you're freaking because all of a sudden you're on the clock because the injection that you need to give Ralph to bring him back to life, you don't have that long to be able to do it. So time is of the essence. So they follow D-77 back to where they're hiding out at, and they think, like, all right, let's just get him right now. I mean, it's just a couple of guys. That's all it took. Ralph, so let's just knock them out, get Ralph, and off we go. Uh, Before Riley says, hey, do you think it's just going to be two guys? And sure enough, out of the door of the building that they're hiding in come several more men. So all of a sudden, the odds of getting Ralph out have uh, increased dramatically against Jack and Mac. But never leave it. uh, Mac is not going to let things lie like that. So uh, what Mac does is a little dumpster diving. There you go. As he does, he likes to improvise, use the tools around him, and there's plenty of garbage in this city, kind of warehouse district part of town in Malaysia that they're in. So he does some dumpster diving, finds some uh, necessary kind of uh, equipment that he needs, and he fashions like a, basically like a, the world's worst stink bomb is what he does. I'm using a shopping cart. It's kind of your vehicle delivery system. He fashions it so that they can roll it in to the room there and uh that stink bomb is just going to basically fill the room up and he fashions gas masks so that jack and mac can still breathe properly so they're able to attack the guys without having to worry about being incapacitated by the smell so mac rolls it in uh the the area fills up with the stink bomb jack and mac go in and start kicking a little butt jack is excited because he finally gets to use his fists he's been waiting all episode to use his fists and uh Oh, and there you go. Thanks, Boost 69 bs The the movie was called Project X. You are correct. That's where he's from. Thank you. You saved the day. Uh, one little runner that I did like as we, uh momentary reprieve is that throughout the episode, we see that Mac is constantly using things that belong to Jack to be able to make this work. So it starts off simple when he's taking the soda can to uh, cut it open, use the Wi-Fi chips to kind of ruin uh, the Wi-Fi signal inside of Ralph's house. Then he also uses sunglasses. Uh, he uses his driver's license to help fashion the, the, the vent on Ralph's chest as well. And so I do like the idea that Jack, and then, and then basically it seals Jack's thunder by getting to hit Ralph before Jack gets to. So I do like the little running gag that, well, Mac often uses just Jack's uh, possessions there as things that he can improvise with. Uh, so they're able to, uh, extract Ralph though, uh, and g- inject him. And as they wheel him out of the building there, uh, laying down, he is alive. He is awake. They've done it. He's good to go. And, uh, Ralph's alive. So now they can get out of Malaysia. Uh, and so they bring him back to the States. And the deal is now that since he is uh, safe, he's going to tell them about the shell corp that they're using. Uh, they've used a shell core, uh, based out of Miami, uh, And so that using that information, they know there's a shell corp in Miami for D77 called Sunset Atlantic Holdings LLC. Gives that information there for the uh, Project Phoenix Foundation there, uh, the Phoenix Foundation. And they're able to go and stop D77 in their tracks. But because uh, Ralph is going to be giving this testimony, what part of the deal is that they're going to give him uh, basically witness protection. So they can give him a new identity. Nobody's going to know where he is. He can't talk about anything that he's done. And even though he's had millions that he's kind of had in offshore accounts uh, throughout the years, he's going to lose all that. So essentially he's broke. Uh, But, I mean, he did the right thing. And at least he's still alive, even if he can't tell anybody anything that he did and he can't maintain his old identity. But as Max said, hey, I improvise every single day. And so now you've got an opportunity to kind of improvise and use everything around you. Jack, though, still bummed that he didn't get a hit, Ralph. Uh, does offer him 20 bucks if, if, if Ralph will let Jack just punch him in the face. And, uh, Ralph says, no, because this is his moneymaker. You know, he's got to be able to charm those ladies, uh, wherever it ends up, hopefully down in Miami, since that's where he kind of saved the day, but he's got to charm the ladies. So he doesn't want Jack, you know, kind of ruining the moneymaker. And I'm trying to think how much money I would take if I was basically told that I was broke. I've got no money, how much would I may have somebody pay me to give them the opportunity to just punch me one good solid punch in the face? Certainly twenty dollars, no no no. But uh we figure that Mac and Riley were both gonna be willing to toss in at least another twenty, so that's sixty dollars. Uh and just thinking, if you're broke and somebody offers you sixty bucks to punch you in the face, do you take that sixty dollars? That's it. Ugh. That's tough. I, I, you know, I think it all depends on the person that's throwing the punch. And sadly, if it's Jack throwing the punch, I don't think $60 would be enough. For me, I'm going to put my limit of how much I would let, how much somebody could pay me to let them punch me in the face. I put, uh, I'll do $1,000. I'll do a thousand. If somebody wants to pay me a thousand dollars cash straight up right there. They can punch me right in the face. I'll take it. I'll take it. Hopefully not in the nose. I would have to... It'd have to be a punch to the jaw. A nice, good... Like, just a good... You know, a good roundhouse punch to the face. Uh, I'll do that for a grand. So feel free to let me know what your limit is to let somebody... (laughs) How much money somebody have to pay you to let them punch you in the face? So... Uh Ralph says his goodbyes, and as I said there to, uh, a little earlier there, I don't think this is the last time we have seen Ralph. I have a feeling we're going to see him at least one more time this season. He seems like the kind of character that they want to bring back to kind of just almost kind of like the, uh, the Joe Pesci character in the Lethal Weapon movies. You want him to just kind of uh, pop up now and again to just kind of be a fly in the ointment just to kind of really irritate Uh, Mostly Jack, but then also caused trouble with Mac as well. You figure like Ralph, the way that he's kind of shady, even the the fact that he's lost all his money, he's supposed to be in witness protection, not kind of getting involved in anything shady. He's still going to get involved in something shady. I mean, maybe, you know, with like the best intentions or whatever, but it's still going to happen. So I feel like uh, Jack and Mac are going to get sucked back into uh, Ralph's orbit once again and have to deal with this guy. I'm hoping in the meantime though that Ralph has taken some of the lessons to heart uh most importantly do not ever wear tidy whities again. Just just do not. Do not wear tidy whities again. Uh, let's see Jack should have offered Ralph to punch him somewhere else. Uh yeah, I don't know it's uh all right so I mean like, would for where where or else would you rather be punched in the face? I mean, I guess the stomach is the the easier one because you're probably gonna get the wind knocked out of you, maybe fall to your knees a little bit, and then that's it. I guess it's maybe better to get punched in the belly. Uh, do you would you still for a thousand dollars? Would you drop it down five hundred dollars? You're cool with a belly shot. A thousand dollars a face shot. Is that how you'd break that down? Or what's your limit there? How much do you have to pay? Would somebody have to pay you to punch you in the stomach? How much would somebody have to pay you to get punched in the face? Just tweet me at Happy go Jackie. I just want to know what what are your what are your bottom what are your bottom limits for that let's find out what are you what are you willing to get paid to have that physical hurt uh dealt upon you uh so as we wrap up the episode, we find out that uh, matt goes home uh he's filming a scene with uh, ping pong balls on his face kind of playing this alien uh they call scene and Jack walk in as they finish up on this, and and uh, Bozer wants to be able to impress, impress Riley with his cool, awesome uh, computer graphics that he's going to do to place over MacGyver's performance to make this alien come to life. Shows Riley, and basically shows him just like the most primitive use of this digital technology. So Riley takes over and shows him how you can get the most out of this, uh, this technology to be able to make the most realistic and coolest-looking alien possible. While they're doing that, we're going to end the episode there with jack and mac just talking me out there uh in the back of the house and uh jack said like hey you know i went back and talked to my dad after we got back from this and he has something for you and he offers mac his phone and so you know you should call your dad and Max kind of, the, I guess he's been thinking a little bit about this over the course of the episode about how should he reconnect to his, to, with his dad and and how would he do so. And he knows that his dad's not really a cell phone guy. So if he's going to reconnect, it's not going to be with a phone call. It's going to be with a handwritten letter. So he grabs a pad of paper and starts wanting to jot down some thoughts and uh, does ask Jack, like, are you just going to watch me write this the whole time? So at least Jack kind of gets up and gives him a little moment to kind of collect his thoughts. but. As Mac ends the episode, he says, you know, he has no idea uh, as the uh, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, uh, you have to uh, like, you have to give life a nudge to make things happen uh, that you need to make happen in life. So he doesn't know what's going to happen if this letter is if it's going to open up a line of communication between he and his dad. But I mean, he's got to at least try, you know, uh, there's something if you don't try, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, do I really think that Mac is going to send that letter to his dad? Uh Oh, well, first boobies. I wouldn't let anyone hit me for no amount of money. I don't like pain. Oh, boo. Come on, man. Just, uh, or no, no amount of money. No amount. All right. I, I'm, it's not going to hurt that long. Just, you know, eh, especially if you get hit in the stomach, if you do $500 for a stomach shot, you know, you're probably going to be just think about like, you can be like maybe sucking wind, catching your breath for like a minute. And then after that, you got $500, cold hard cash. Come on. And do I think that Mac's is going to uh really send that letter to his dad? I think he is. I, I think why make that point in an episode to have that story beat where somebody's going to go write a letter to try to reconnect to his dad? There'd be no I, if for him not to send that letter or not try to reconnect with his dad. Like why even establish that little plot point? So, I think that letter's going to get sent. I'll be curious to see. That's one thing that's that's kind of nice about it is that since it's a letter Uh, The writers and producers, they've got plenty of time to decide when they want to kind of drop a response into the season because they can make it take as long as it needs to to get to his father and then perhaps get a response from his father or whether it be in letter or perhaps in person. So it gives production a lot of flexibility to decide when they want to kind of pull the trigger about when they'd want to bring some sort of response from McGuire's father. But I figure if we're talking about it this early in the season, we're going to see... I think we're going to see MacGyver's dad at some point in the season. It could be something that's going to be leading up towards the end of the season where we kind of maybe get a cliffhanger that involves his dad being placed in danger, perhaps. But I think in episode three, if we're already talking about his dad and trying to reconnect and make that connection, we're going to see some continuation of this story throughout the season. I don't know how often it will happen, but we're still going to see it because we still have the stuff with Nikki going on, too. So that's two kind of things that we're going to see kind of reoccurring throughout the season. And I'd be curious to see if they kind of dovetail together or they kind of just stay kind of separate tracks. Be curious to see where this goes. Uh, and if uh, Max da- dad does show up, who do you think will play him? That, oh man, that's a good one. I figure you got to have a good get for Max dad. But I guess you want to have somebody that maybe has, you know, I mean, certainly Richard Dean Anderson, I think two... I think too old, and I, I think he's also sa- he's also come on record saying that he would not want to be involved in this production. It would be cool if production could convince him to play MacGyver's dad. That would be really cool, but I don't think that's going to happen. So if you rule out Richard Dean Anderson, which would be the most the coolest and most obvious choice, ah uh, man, I, I'm trying to think of somebody up in that like an older actor that's got some cachet that that would be cool to see as MacGyver's dad, and nobody's popping to mind right now trying to think oh um you know it's i really kind of it it, he does not look at all like uh lucas till so i think that makes it difficult but certainly somebody that uh like an older actor that i think would be interesting to see because it would be a little different type but somebody like richard schiff it not at all like uh like what you picture is like lucas till's dad looking like though certainly a, a different body type a uh, different look, you know, he's, he's balding, he's, you know, he got just the goatee, but Richard Schiff's such a great actor. Uh, gosh, it would be interesting to see, uh, because it feels like how much of uh, F. MacGyver is made up from his dad. His dad has been, he's been estranged from him for, for, from him for so long, so... How much of what MacGyver is is responsible because of, say, his grandfather more so than his father? So you could do something really different and have maybe somebody like Richard Schiff. I'm just throwing that out right now, just off the top of my head. I'll give it a little bit more thought and see who I think might make you know a deal. Uh, MacGyver's dad casting. Uh Let's see. I, I'm with you. Let's see. I, oh, I think Mike's dad my ex-dad might show up in the season finale. That's right. Boo. I, I believe I'm, I'm with you on that one. And T. Lindsay, I'm with you. Not a big, uh, not big on pain either. Come on, guys. It's just one punch. Just a little pain, and you get five hundred dollars, or maybe a thousand, if it's a punch to the face. And uh, oh, I, I, and Sel, so you want the original MacGyver? I would love that too. If we get Richard Dean Anderson, God, that would be amazing. Richard Dean Anderson. Come on. I mean. What are you doing right now? You're just relaxing, just enjoying life. I mean, you've got your long run of MacGyver. You've got, you know, Stargate. You know, just come on back. Just do it. Just give us a couple episodes. That'd be awesome. Bruce Bruce Willis. <laughs> boo! Bruce Willis, maybe, is Max dad. You are shooting high, my friend. Uh, you want Bruce Willis? we Are we going to get Bruno in uh, for this? I While that would be really cool to see, I just... Oh, man. I think we're really reaching there to see if Bruce Willis would be coming to do... Uh, the MacGyver reboot on CBS. Although that'd be amazing. But I still think Bruce Willis has uh, got a lot left to offer film before he's going to come into MacGyver. <laughs> Although that would be really awesome to see. Uh, so uh, I guess my, as we've been talking about predictions here for the show, uh, I've been talking a little bit about that. I think we're going to see Ralph again this season. And as we were talking about here in the chat as well, I think, yeah, Max Dad, we're definitely going to see him this season. As to when, I don't know, I'm agreeing with what we're saying in the chat, that he could be showing up there for the season finale. I feel like maybe in the flesh in the season finale, but we're going to get some sort of response. uh, You know, at least I think maybe like in November, uh, maybe February to kind of start planting the seeds there where he gets at least maybe a handwritten response to kind of keep that storyline going. Uh, maybe one or two, maybe like then they learn that, wait, Max, dad's missing or something. And then all of a sudden it kind of dovetail in the, the to the finale. So uh, we'll see him. And what I do like there is uh, certainly MacGyver has a lot. Uh, the showrunner for that is also one of the people behind Hawaii Five O. So it feels like father issues always plays a big part uh, with Steve McGarrett on Hawaii Five O. I feel like that also is tying right in. You can kind of see that hand also at play with MacGyver too. So very similar in terms of the, of, uh, the kind of things that help drive the characters for each of those respective shows. A lot of similarities between those two characters. So, folks. That is going to do it for this episode of the MacGyver After Show. Short and sweet. We just wrapped up episode three. Owl, look at that. So, folks, thanks so much for uh, joining us tonight. As always, you can like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thanks everybody for uh, joining us, me uh, joining with me in the chat. It's been great to be able to have you interacting with us. We'll make sure I pull up the chat every episode there. So guys, make sure you're back here next Sunday night at eleven PM Pacific time. Hop in the chat. You and I can break down another another episode of MacGyver. So until then, you can follow me on Twitter at Happy Go Jackie. And we'll see you next Sunday night at eleven P. M. Pacific Time for another episode of the MacGyver After Show here on After Buzz TV. See ya.